We're on Yavamos Samech Amabez 60b, around uh, a little more than 10 lines down from the top of the page. Uh, once again, our learning should, will, should be a merit for a speedy and complete recovery for Avi Chaim Ben Chava. Uh, this recording will also be, as was the last couple of recordings, really short uh, topics. Uh, different. Each, each recording was really a different topic. Uh, it's the same overall topic of the question of who is a Kohen allowed to marry, who is a Kohen not allowed to marry, who is a Kohen Gadol, the high priest, who is he allowed to marry, who is he not allowed to marry. But really each topic was sort of discussing a different category. And so in this recording as well, we will be discussing uh, the topic of the prohibition for a Kohen to marry a Gioris, a Kohen, a regular Kohen also, not just the high priest. A regular Kohen is not allowed to marry somebody who converted why are they not allowed to marry somebody who converted is subject to dispute. It's machlokas. Uh, some want to say that the reason is because we are concerned. It's out of a concern that uh, they were had uh, engaged in sexual immorality and therefore they are viewed as a zona. And a coin, any coin is not allowed to marry a zona. That is definitely one perspective. And then there are other positions that say that no, it's not necessarily about that. Uh, about this concern, but it's just that anybody who is previously not Jewish, there's probably different ways to phrase this, but anybody who is previously not Jewish cannot marry a Kohen, and which will also help support uh, the the discussion that, that we will have in our Gemara here, which is the fact that even if she's under the age of three, the way we follow, the way the Halakha follows, if she converted below the age of three, we still follow... Uh, the position that says that a Kohen cannot marry her, even though she there shouldn't be any concern that uh, she engaged in any sexual immorality when she was not Jewish. Um, and so therefore that seems to uh, support the position that it's just, uh, there's this general concept that a Kohen should not marry somebody who's previously not Jewish. And so our Gemara will discuss this specific topic about marrying somebody who uh, converted b- under the age of three, before they turned uh, three. We did, in, in the past, we discussed the whole topic of conversion and how a person has to have enough uh, awareness and knowledge of the Torah and to accept upon themselves the mitzvos. Uh, so how could it be that uh, somebody converts when they are so young? So that is a, a separate topic. We don't have time to get into it, but it's a separate topic. Um, how are they allowed to convert? It's really... Because the based in the court uh, essentially decides that it is good for the child. Usually it's when the parents also convert. And it's good for the child. And they'll be brought up uh, understanding the value and significance of the Torah and the mitzvot and the commandments. Um, and so therefore, they are essentially uh, deciding for the child. Um, but that is how a, a child is allowed to convert. And also somebody who is under the age of three is allowed to convert. So let's see the Gemara. The Gemara says as follows. Tanya, it was taught in Abraisa. Rabbi Shimon ben Yochai Omer, Rabbi Shimon bar Yochai, the famous Rabbi Shimon bar Yochai, he says, He has the position that if a, if a girl converted under the age of three, before she turned three, so then a Kohen can in fact marry her against the way we follow. Rabbi Shimon bar Yochai says that the Kohen could marry her. What is his proof to this idea? Shenamar, his proof comes from the Torah. The Torah is really discussing a separate topic. The, the Torah is uh, discussing uh, the topic of who from 
Um, Midian could, when they were Jews were in the desert, who from Midian are they allowed to marry, who are they not allowed to marry, and if in that context it says, He says, the verse says that with regards to the, uh, the, the babies, the children, uh, who never, they didn't engage in, uh, sexual relations with the Jews. This is when the Jews were in the desert. So if they were children and they were not involved, so then they are allowed to live. L- literally means they're allowed to live with you. And Shimon Bar Yochai says, what does it mean to live with you? It means to get, to, to marry you, to marry into the Jewish people, included in the Jewish people, were Kohanim. Uh, Pinchas. Pinchas was amongst them. And so Pinchas was a Kohen, and the Torah is telling us that Pinchas is allowed to marry them. Must be that if they're under the age of three, so then Pinchas, who was a Kohen, is allowed to marry somebody who who, who converted. Of Rabbanon, what is it? But that's the position of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. He's a minority position. The majority position says, and the way we follow is that, no, you are not allowed to marry. A Kohen cannot marry somebody who converted, even if they converted uh, when they were a baby, under the age of three. So for Rabban, what do they do with this verse? So the Gemara answers, what it means is that they're allowed to live with you. It's not that you're allowed to marry them. No, it's not that you can marry them. It means that they, they can live with you. They could, they could be your servants. They're allowed to be your servants and they can live amongst you as your uh, servants. Uh, so the Gemara then asks, the Gemara asks, if this is true, the verse doesn't say, doesn't make this differentiation between under three, above three, it just says anybody who's a child. So maybe it's also above the age of three. Where did Rishim Baruchai get this distinction between above the age of three and below the age of three? So Kitty Rav Huna, this is based off of Rav Huna. Rav Huna Rami. Rav Huna says there's the contradiction Back-to-back contradiction between one verse and the next verse within this context, within this context of of uh, marrying people from Midjan. Are they allowed to allowed to marry these people from Midjan? Ksiv, kol harogu kaimu. One verse says that any woman who uh, was involved in sexual relations with uh, one of the Jewish men. So then they have to be killed. And if not, so then they, they're allowed to live if they weren't engaged in this. It says specifically women. Isha, meaning an adult. An adult woman. So then there's there's this difference whether or not she um, engaged in sexual relations with uh, one of the Jews. If she did, so then she she's killed. If she didn't, so then she could, they, they let her stay alive. Uh, the implication is that if we're dealing with children, minors, so then, whether or not they had sexual relations, they are allowed to live. That's what the implication is. However, Viksiv, but the next verse says, and this is the verse that we quoted before, the It says that any of the children who did not have sexual relations with a man, so then they can live. So that's a contradiction, because the next verse says that, it, that even with regards to children, we make this differentiation. Did they have sexual relations. Did they not have sexual relations? If they did, so then they have to be killed. Otherwise, they are allowed to live. So, how do you explain these these two psukim, they, these two verses? They seem to contradict each other. So, like my answers, this is Rav Huna's answer, the answer is, is that no, the whole verse is trying to teach us that it depends whether or not they have the ability to, uh, not whether or not they actually had sexual relations, but whether they have the ability to have sexual relations. And from a halachic perspective, any girl who's above the age of three, so they have the ability to have sexual relations. So anybody who has the ability to have sexual relations, if they're above the age of three, so then no matter what, they were killed. The only ones that we let them live, if they were under the age of three, provided that they didn't have sexual relations, so then 
Uh, if they were under the age of three, then they could live. And so that's where we have that differentiation between above the age of three and below the age of three, because really, to explain this contradiction in the Torah, one has to explain that there's a difference between the women who have the ability, even if they didn't have sexual relations, but as long as they have the ability to have sexual relations, that those were killed, uh, and those who were under the age of three, so then, if they did not have sexual relations, so then they could live, and in fact, according to Roshim Baruch not just live, but also get married to Kohanim. Uh, because they converted below the age of three. Tani Nami Hachi, we also have a brisa in support of the idea that we just mentioned, essentially saying the same exact thing. When it says that, in the, in the first verse, it says that any woman who had, woman, uh, who had sexual relations, it doesn't really mean that she had sexual relations, it means that she has the ability to have. She's above the age of three. How do we know that? So the, the price continues. How do we know that means that she has the ability? Maybe it's referring to only women who actually had sexual relations. Because the next verse seems to contradict the first verse, as we've explained before. So that teaches us that it's not really referring to adult women, but it means anybody, any woman who had the ability to have sexual relations, i.e. above the age of three. So then from Midjan during that uh, tragic episode in the Torah where they seduced the Jews, so then they were they were killed. Okay. So the Gemara now asks, Minah Yadi, how were they, uh, they go into a, a bit of a side topic, Minah Yadi, how do we know, how were they able to figure out, specifically with regards to the girls who are below the age of three, uh, which ones had sexual relations, which ones didn't? Which, the, the, whole, the whole concept uh, already shows you uh, the immorality that existed amongst uh, the people from Midian and how far they were willing to go to seduce the Jews that they had even some of, uh, some girls under the age of three also engage in these immoral acts. Um, and so the Gemara wants to know, well, there were some that did engage in this, some that didn't. How do we know which ones did and which ones didn't? How are we supposed to figure that out? So, Amr of Huna Bar Bizna, Amr of Shimon Chasida, Hevirim Lefnei Atzitz, Kol Shepanah Marikos, the tzitz, the Kohen Gadol, the high priest, he wore a tzitz. He wore this crown on his head. And the tzitz often uh, would reveal it. It said, Kaddish Hashem. It said the words, uh, Holy to Hashem. Um, and it was able to act as a form of prophecy for the Jewish people. And so essentially, they would have these girls, these, these young girls, pass by the tzitz. If their faces turned uh, into a color... So then we know that that means that um, they have the ability uh, to have, specifically, how do we know that they have the ability? Sorry, in this case, it's how do they know that they have the ability to have sexual relations, even though they, they do not engage in sexual relations? That's the question. How do we know how old they are that they have the ability to have sexual relations? That's, I apologize. That's, that's really what we're trying to figure out. And so they would pass by the tzitz. If they have the ability to have sexual relations, so then their face would uh, turn into a color. If their face didn't turn into a color, so then we know that they do not have that ability. Okay. Amr of Nachman, Rav Nachman says, similar Avera Hadrokin. That Rav Nachman also says, similarly, that the sign for somebody who commits an Avera is the fact that their face changes color. Kayotzi Bidavar. And we also find in a different context, in a different story in the Torah, really in Tanakh, we're also, we're trying to figure out who did have sexual relations, who didn't have sexual relations. We have a very similar uh, idea. This is talking about the, the story of Pilegish Begiva, the tragic story of Pilegish Begiva. And it says there, They had to go out, without getting into the details of the story, they had to go out to find 400 women who did not engage in sexual relations. 
So how do they how do they figure it out? How how do they know who did who didn't? Minat Yadi. So the Gemara says, "I'm Rav Kahana. Hishivim al pichavis shal yain beula recha nodev besula ein recha nodev." They did the following test. They did not uh, use the tzitz, but they did the following test. This is to figure out not just whether they have the ability to have sexual relations, but practically, did they have sexual relations or not? And so they would have the women sit. Uh, the Rishonim point out that this test, we don't know how to do this test, and it doesn't. Uh, these days, it, uh, the earlier commentators said that we don't know how to do this test, but in those days, they were able to figure out the, the way to test this out. They would have women sit on a barrel of wine, and if they could smell from uh, the barrel of wine from their from their mouth, if they have a certain smell from that barrel of wine, that shows us that there's a direct connection, that there's nothing blocking it, and so therefore they must have had sexual relations, and if not... So then, if you don't have that smell, so then you know that she is a basula. She never had sexual relations before. Um, and that was the test that they used. Again, we don't have, we don't know exactly what that test was, how that worked. Uh, so the Gemara asks, why don't we forget about that test? Why don't we just use the same thing that we used before? Uh, the, or the, with the tzitz. Just like we use the tzitz in the context of the daughters of Midjan, so then, so too, we should, uh, we should also use uh, use this test when it comes to Pilagish Begiva during this episode, this separate episode with regards to Pilagish Begiva. Why don't we use the tzitz? Why do we have to have a different way of figuring it out? So the Gemara answers, when was the tzitz used? The Amr of Kahana Braider of Nason, Rav Kahana, the son of Nason said, Liratzon Lahem Ksiv. When it, in the context of the tzitz, the tzitz is the crown that the Kohen Gadol, the high priest, wore. It says, Liratzon Lahem, it should be Liratzon, it should be uh, for you, and it should be good for you, it should be pleasant for you, it should be something that you want. Liratzon Velola Peronos, where we will only use the tzitz if it's something that we want, not for as a punishment, but something that we, that we, that we want and we desire. And in that context of Pilagish Begiva, that was for a, a punishment. Uh, Sigmar then asks, With regards to Midian, also it was for punishment. With regards to the whole story of the daughters of Midian, if they were fit to have sexual relations, so then they would be killed. So that's also for a punishment. So how can we use the tzitz in that context? We say that we can only use the tzitz for us, for Jews. It can only be used in the context of something which is pleasant, for something which is good. But we're, we are allowed to use the tzitz when it, it's uh, an issue that's involving the non-Jews, even if it is for a punishment for the non-Jews. And therefore, when it came to the daughters of Midian, we were able to use the tzitz to figure out who was deserving of death and who wasn't. However, when it came to our own daughters, so then we were not allowed to use the tzitz. That's really a separate side topic. The Gemara now continues uh, to, to discuss who do we follow. Going back to the original discussion... Could a Kohen marry somebody? They certainly cannot marry somebody who converted. But could they marry somebody who converted when they converted below the age of three? Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai said, yes, the Kohen could marry her. And the Rabbana, the majority position, says no. So who do we follow? Amr Rabbi Yaakov Bar Idi, Rabbi Yaakov Bar Idi said, Amr Rabbi Shua Ben Levi, he said in the name of Rabbi Shua Ben Levi, Halachik Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. He says, we follow the position of the minority position. Here we follow, we follow the position of the great Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. Did you hear this directly? You quoted Rabbi ben Levi. So did you hear this directly from Rabbi ben Levi? Or was this an inference that you made? My what would be the inference? Dumb Rabbi ben Levi, because Rabbi ben Levi once said, 
there was a certain city in, in the land of Israel, which uh, there were rumors about the fact that there was uh, uh, there was uh, marriages that were, were not fit, that were taking place. And there were these rumors, V'shagar Rebbe, it's Rebbe, and Rebbe is therefore Rebbe sent out Rebbe Romnus to check it out. He goes and he checks it out and he finds out that in the city, exactly what we're discussing is taking place. Girls who converted under the age of three are marrying Kohanim. And what did Rebbe do? Rebbe said that they are allowed to, um, they are allowed uh, to stay married. Rebbe said that they they're allowed to stay married. And so therefore, that's the story that Rabbi Shimon Levi says. So therefore, um, Rabbi Yaakov Ba'idi said, that this is the question, is this the source that Rabbi Yaakov Ba'idi said, that this is uh, where Rabbi Shimon Levi says that they could get married, is this the source or not? So Rabbi Yaakov Ba'idi responds back, He says, no, this is not, it's not from that story. I heard it directly from Rishua Ben Levi. It's not from that story. So the Gemara just asks, who cares? Who cares whether you heard it directly or whether it was an inference? It seems to be a pretty good inference. Simmer says, no, there's a big difference. Still shiny hasam. No. Maybe you can't, can't really prove it from the story. What was the story? They were getting married. And we had these girls who converted under, when they were under the age of three. They were marrying these Kohanim later on in life. And Rebbe said that they're allowed to stay married. So that might not prove to us, says the Gemara right now. That might not prove to us that they're allowed to get married to begin with. Maybe they're not allowed to get married to begin with. But once they get married, so then they can stay married. All we know from Rebbe, from that story, is that they were allowed to stay married. Who said that they were allowed to get married to begin with? As the Gemara says, Dilma Shani Hasam, Hol, the Insev Insev. Once they get married, they're allowed to stay married. The Harav, Rabbi Yochan, and Damitravayo, Bogeras, Mukhazes, Lo Yisavim, Nasanasui. The Gemara brings back an idea that we've seen in the past that when it comes to these different uh, marriages of the Kohanim, of the Kohen Gadol, uh, that when specifically when it comes to the fact that he's not allowed to marry, according to some positions, any woman above the above, above the age of twelve and a half, or let's say she loses her hymen lining uh, from some outside external source, they're not allowed to get married. If they got married, they're allowed to stay married. So maybe so too here, they're not allowed to get married, but they're allowed to stay married. So we can't prove from here that they are allowed to get married. Maybe they're not allowed to, allowed to not allowed to get married, but they could stay married. Sigmar says, no, you can't compare the two cases. You can't compare the case of where a woman's twelve and a half or she loses her hymen lining to the case of a girl who converted. No. Over there, what was the logic? We explained it at the time. What was the logic over there? The logic over there is that there is no woman, nobody, who uh, is married to the Kohen Gadol and stays as a basula, remains a basula the entire marriage, remains as a virgin the entire marriage. She's going to have sexual relations at some point. She's going to end up being uh, a non-basula at some point. And so therefore the prohibition is only at the time of the marriage when it comes to marrying a basula. So therefore if she's a Bulgarist, so she's above the age of 12 and a half, or she lost her hymen lining, so they can't get married, but once they're married, they're allowed to stay married. But this is totally different. This is a separate prohibition. This is a different prohibition between a Kohen and a Kohen is not allowed to marry somebody who converted. Whether it's because uh, she's a Zona, she's deemed as a Zona, or for other reasons, but it's a separate prohibition. So that prohibition continues to exist even after the marriage. And so therefore, if Rebbe really, the Gemara is now saying as a conclusion, if Rebbe really allowed them to stay married, it's because they were allowed to get married to begin with, because they converted when they were below, the, under the age of three. So therefore, they are allowed, they are allowed to stay married, because even to get married to begin with is allowed, because we don't have this different. It's only with regards to marrying a basula, or the lack thereof of marrying somebody who's not a basula, only there do we have such a concept that they're not allowed to get married, but if they get married, so then they're allowed to stay married. No, when it comes, but when it comes to uh, a Kohen marrying 
uh, somebody who converted, we, we will never have that concept that they're not allowed to get married, but once they get married, so then they're allowed to stay married. No, the fact that Rebbe allowed them to stay married means that the marriage to begin with was allowed. And in fact, Rav Safra Masilah Michlala, Rav Safra, he had a different version for this, and he says that really Rav Yaakov Baridi, he did in fact, it wasn't something which was explicitly taught to him by Rav Shubham Levi, he did in fact make an inference from this story, Vikashale, and they had this question on him, Umishani Lai, Hachi. And he responded by saying that, that it's, it's a perfectly fine inference to make. The fact that Rebbe allowed them to stay married means that they were allowed to get married to begin with. Essentially, we are following, this story teaches us that we follow the position of Rabbi Shun Bar Yochai, that they are allowed to marry women who converted originally when they were under the age of three. The Gemara now continues for a few more lines. How Kohana, the of There was a certain Kohen who married a woman who, when she was under the age of three, she converted. Uh, and Amalei of Nachum Bar Yitzchak, my high. Rav Nachum Bar Yitzchak said to this person, "What's going on? How could you do this? We don't follow the position of Rav Shimon Bar Yochai." Meaning he he takes a different approach and says, "We do not follow the position of Rav Shimon Bar Yochai, the, the approach that we actually, according to the Lacha, follow." So Amalei, so what did he respond back? What did this Kohen respond back? He said, "What's the problem? I'm just following the position of Rav Yaakov Bar Yidi, the position that we quoted before." Rav Yaakov Bar Yidi says that we do in fact follow the position of Rav Shimon Bar Yochai. So Rav Nachman Bar Yitzchak responds back, Amar Lai, Zil Apik. He says, no, you have, to, you have to get divorced. You can't stay married. We don't follow the position of Rav Shimon Bar Yochai. He says, and if you don't get divorced, so then I'm going to remove Rav Yaakov Bar from your ear. Meaning, get that out of your head. Get it out of your head. It's true Rav Yaakov Bar said this. It's true that he has a certain source for this, but it's really not the halacha. We do not follow that position. We follow the position like the Rabbanan, like the majority who say that a Kohen can never marry somebody who converted, even if they converted under the age of three. Okay, that concludes this daf, and that concludes uh, this recording, and we'll continue with the next daf in the next uh, next week.